Okay, Dr. Kylie, I'm not sure what this voodoo magical stuff is, but I'm loving SGA and Neurosyn. I have never woken up at 7 a.m. and felt rested until now. I've never been able to read books to my kids for an hour without quitting to take a nap. I've never been able to get so much done either. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been a game changer for me and consequently for my family. It can be that simple. Come join us inside a 21-day Permission to Heal Boot Camp and see just how your family can change when mom has a little bit more energy. Let's say yes to yourself and let's celebrate your energetic self next. Go to drkylieburton.com and pick the boot camp that's right for you. We begin September 6th. Practitioners, let's change the world. Let's create an army. Come join us inside the Beyond the Diagnosis Mastermind at btdmastermind.com. Doors close September 6th. And once again, let's change the world together. We are needed. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie, where I don't care about your diagnosis or lack of. I'm going to teach you what causes your health chaos. And today's topic is mold. Mold, mold, mold can be such a huge rabbit hole to dig down into. Let's navigate it a bit. And here with me today is Kimberly Ann Richardson. She is a former educational consultant who became a functional health practitioner after a mystery illness caused her to be bedbound for over five years. She went to dozens of doctors, both conventional and alternative, over the course of 10 years who could never help her. She finally realized that she was going to have to take her health in her own hands, which so many of you listeners have done, to get to the root of the problem. After being diagnosed with advanced neurological Lyme disease and not getting better with treatment, she realized that mold was the root of all of her health issues. After going through five mold remediations, which she's going to explain, right, Kimberly? Yeah. And years of mold treatment, she was only about 40% better. It wasn't until last year that she learned that she had mold colonized in her sinuses. That was the true source of her toxicity. Through divine providence, she found Dr. Donald Dennis, who had developed a specialized procedure for cleaning out all of the sinuses. And for the first time in 10 years, she feels that she can truly get back to 100%. And I have a special treat for you because the very next episode is with Dr. Donald Dennis, who specializes in these sinus mold development cases. But Kimberly, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Kylie. It's been so fun getting to know you over the last few months, and I've learned so much from you through our practitioner group, and I'm a huge fan of this podcast, so it's quite an honor for me to be here. Well, I'm excited that you're here because I don't know much. I know the damaging effects of mold, but actually how to take care of it and and who should do it, all that kind of stuff, which you're going to help us navigate through today. And, And as we were saying earlier before jumping on this, Mold can be such a huge rabbit hole. And we joked about three episodes and you're like, no, it needs to be 10 episodes really with how big mold can be. But let's just start off with back us up into when you actually felt good in your lifetime. Wow. I mean, I have to go way back, um, probably to my childhood. Um, But even then, I remember, I mean, I was very active, played outside, loved to run, loved to climb trees. I was a tomboy. Um, But I remember that even as a child, I had to sit down because my face would get beat red and I would get overheated really, you know, more so than the other children. So I'd have to sit down and cool off until I could get up and run around again. So, you know, honestly, I think I've had issues my entire life. Yeah. And I think so many people do, they trace back, well, I was diagnosed with ADHD or, you know, my mom always said I was sensitive to this or or something like even, even my one-year-old and four-year-old, I can still say, you know, we're not perfect. We're human beings. We experience human bodily symptoms and to go back clear into childhood. So where did things take a turn for you? Well, I mean, you know, this is such a long story and I just thought I would kind of like skip ahead to my adult life. You know, I was your typical busy working mom. I had a demanding job that required me to travel two to three days a week. 
but that meant I was home four to five days a week. So I felt like I was really rocking the whole work-life balance thing. Um, but Don't make problem- me feel guilty. <laughs> no, well, the problem was when I was home, I was just as busy, if not busier with kids activities, community and church activities. And so basically I was never off. But when I look back, I realized that I was just totally addicted to stress. Like I was a total cortisol junkie. I was addicted to that adrenaline spike you get with being busy all the time. I didn't like to be home. I didn't like to sit still. If we went on vacation, I if we didn't have something to do every single day, I would get extremely restless and I was ready to get back to work. You know, we lived with eating most of our meals in the car. We just had that go, go, go lifestyle. So um, at the same time, I had been suffering from insomnia for most of my life as well. I just couldn't shut my brain off at night. I mean, I just kept thinking of all the things I needed to do and problems that needed to be solved at work and at home, which kept me up for hours. And then I, when I would finally go to sleep, it felt like my alarm clock would just immediately go off. So I was constantly waking up exhausted and I relied on basically caffeine and sugar to get through my days. And so um, one day I was on a work trip in another state having a meeting and I noticed that my memory was slipping really bad, like so bad I was afraid it was noticeable. So I started being very guarded about what I said and, you know, I thought, wow, that was really strange. And then a few months later, I was on another work trip and I was just hit with this debilitating wave of fatigue and I had actually been dealing with fatigue my whole life. So I thought once I got home and got rested, it would go away, but it never did. Um, And then one day shortly thereafter, I had a complete breakdown of my health. I mean, I couldn't get out of bed at all. My arms and legs felt like they were made out of lead. My brain felt like it was just wrapped in spider webs. I couldn't think. And I had no idea what was going on. I mean, I was just completely debilitated and and it was really scary. But after about three months, I got better. I pulled out of it. And so that kept me going for a few more years. I did end up resigning from my job and took a less stressful job that didn't require travel and it had flexible hours. So I think that kept me functional for a few more years. But then... I get again, I had another crash and it seemed to come out of nowhere. And little did I know at the time that that crash would last over five years. So it was basically the same scenario. I was hardly able to get out of bed to go to the bathroom. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't carry on a conversation. It felt like the worst flu you've ever had times 10. It was that level of fatigue. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't care for myself. So eventually we had to move back in with my parents and, you know, there I was just completely helpless trying to figure out what was going on. How old are your kids at this time? Let's see. My son was 13. So yeah, thankfully he wasn't little, you know, thankfully he wasn't a toddler. So he could do some things on his own, but, um, you know, it was, it was really difficult. It was, it was very difficult on him. It was hard for him to understand as well. I think so oftentimes we get as practitioners and you'll see this too, in your near future, you'll get people who are so sick, but yet deep down, they truly don't want to be better. Being sick Mm -hmm. serves them. Like I've had a few instances where you know, they're suffering with depression and chronic fatigue, but yet they're doted upon because of those health concerns. And so they don't actually ever want to get better where you're truly a different scenario where you've done literally everything to try to get yourself back to where we're having this conversation now. Mm. And I would have never even known what you were like 10, 15, 20 years ago, based off of how you are now. Yeah, well, that is my hope that, you know, all those years of suffering that I can offer hope to other people who are really sick and can't figure out why, because I seem to be one of those anomalies. I had so many doctors, some of the best. I mean, I went to the best of the best in the country, both conventional and alternative doctors, and they would look at me and just say, you know, well, this works with everybody else. I don't know why it's not working with you. You know, you know, they would throw their hands up and I mean, that's extremely disappointing. I mean, 
you know, after a while you feel like, oh my gosh, you know, nobody can fix me. And so that's kind of a, a scary place to be. But my hope is that my story can inspire other people, no matter how sick you are, that you can get better. And there are answers out there. You just have to keep looking. And that's, I mean, for me, giving up was not an option. It just wasn't. You have to enter that mentality too, where you're going to do whatever it takes in instances to get yourself better and not just survive. Yeah. But to thrive and to be able to enjoy life. And, and so where did mold come into the radar? Well, I was seeing an integrative MD in Atlanta, and she felt very strongly that my markers pointed toward Lyme disease even though I had tested negative on four different Lyme tests. And we now know that Lyme testing is historically unreliable. So, I mean, you might, might as well, as well flip, flip a coin. A coin. Especially, uh-huh. <laughs> that's exactly what I just said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially if you've had it for a while. Um, yeah. It, those Lyme tests are really not very reliable. So she recommended that I seek out a Lyme specialist. And so that's what I did. Um, I found a Lyme specialist in Minnesota that used Rife technology which is like a bioenergetic kind of thing using light frequencies. And he scans the body with, with this machine and he can detect the frequencies of the pathogens that you have inside of you. And so that's what he did and um, basically designed an individualized RIFE program for me to do at home. So he scanned me for two days and then told me I had advanced logical Lyme but there was a good possibility that it could be reversed using the Rife technology to kill it and clear it out of my system. And, you know, we talked about some general ways that I could heal my brain and and things like that. But I was so excited because I felt like we'd finally uncovered the root cause of my health issues. And so, you know, I started dreaming about all the things that I was going to be able to do once I got better. I mean, I could finally go to my son's basketball games. I could get back to work. I could go out to lunch with friends you know, basically get my life back. The only problem is that when I got home, I got much worse. So the Rife machine was killing all kinds of things inside of me, but my body wasn't able to clear it. And it actually made me so much worse. And at the time, I didn't understand anything about opening drainage pathways, Um, you know, liver, kidney, lymphatic support. I didn't know anything about that. So when pathogens die in our system, they release toxins called lipopolysaccharides or LPS. And so basically I was making myself much more toxic than I was before. I mean, it felt like I was dying. I really did at that point. I mean, everything stopped working and I just couldn't believe that the therapy that was supposed to give me my life back was, was causing this much damage And it was just, it was such a huge letdown. Um, And just psychologically, that was really hard. I would say that was probably one of the darkest times emotionally throughout the entire journey. And it was at this point, I remember thinking no one was going to be able to help me. Like no doctor was going to fix me, you know, that I was going to have to figure it out on my own. And that was terrifying to feel like I was completely on my own. And such a huge letdown. But looking back, I can see that that was actually a huge turning point for me. And this is where I started taking 100% responsibility for my own health and not relying on a doctor to fix me. So, you know, I started taking my health into my own hands, you know, and learning about detoxification and opening drainage pathways and, and things like that. So I did make a little bit of improvement, but I decided to work with another Lyme specialist that was very well known in the space. And we worked together for nine months, but unfortunately I had very little to show for it at the end of that program. So that was another one, another failed, you know, try. So I expressed my disappointment in not getting the results that I thought I was going to get to this practitioner. And that's when he told me that mold could be sabotaging all of our Lyme treatments. And I mean, I was like, what? I mean, mold was never on my radar. That was the first time I ever even considered mold as a player in my health issues. And I I wondered, you know, why did he wait until the very end of our program to bring up mold? Um, And would he have even brought it up at all if I hadn't voiced my disappointment? But now I know that, you know, mold is so complicated that a lot of practitioners do shy away from it. So... I know I'm with you and with the, these interviews I've been doing, 
I get introduced to this and to the products and to the environmental factor. And it's like, where do you begin and how far do you have to go with these scenarios? But in, in the case like you, I've got a handful that would need to walk down the same pathway. And is it, are they willing to do it? And if they do, will they get the same results? Like you, it's just crazy the options out there, but mold is a is a key player. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to the next podcast episode because Dr. Dennis goes into this and he's the one that truly transformed how you are. Yes, he did. So grateful that I found Dr. Dennis. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna get into that in a little bit in my story. But um, so after I learned that mold might be a player. I started trying to learn everything I could about mold. And um, I read Dr. Shoemaker's books, who Dr. Shoemaker is considered the father of biotoxin illness because he made some big discoveries back in the 90s. Of course, now a lot of that information is out of date because this field is still evolving and we're learning new things about it all the time. Um, And so, you know, I I continue to to read about it and learn about it. Um, But back then, there wasn't a lot of information about mold. But what I read was absolutely terrifying. You know, first of all, just how destructive mold can be once it's inside your body and and just how ubiquitous it is in our environments. I mean, mold is everywhere, so you can't really get away from it. But I learned that there are certain types of mold and, and certain types of mold will put off something called mycotoxins, which is basically a poisonous gas. And they're so small that they can be absorbed through your skin. Um, They can penetrate drywall. They can penetrate plastic. And if you're living in a moldy home, you're breathing these things in every single day. Mold is so suppressive to the immune system that immune suppressive drugs are made from something called mycophenolic acid, which is a mycotoxin from mold. So they give this drug to what? organ. Yes, yes. Yeah, immunosuppressive drugs are made from mycophenolic acid, which is a mycotoxin because it suppresses the immune system. And they give this to organ transplant patients so they won't reject the new organ. Only you could see my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. It is know. what it is. I will not go down that rabbit hole. So mycotoxins get produced by mold as a toxic byproduct. Yes. When the mold feels threatened, that's its defense mechanism. It shoots out these mycotoxins. That's why you don't want to diffuse essential oils into the environment if you have a mold problem, because you're going to make it mad and it's going to start shooting out mycotoxins. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) There are so many... I live in MLM essential oil haven, doTERRA, Young Living. They have monstrosity buildings just right down the street from me. Everybody is like, you should, <laughs> you should diffuse this oil and diffuse lavender and diffuse this breathe easy. And when in reality, should we be doing that? Well, it depends. It depends. It's fine if you don't have a hidden mold problem, but how do you know if you have a hidden mold problem? You have to do like a, a really in-depth inspection to find out. And sometimes that doesn't even find it. I mean, it's, it's very hard to find, you know, the other thing about mycotoxins is they're water and fat soluble, which means they can go anywhere in the body. Oh, geez. Um, I know, I know, I know, but there's good news at the end. So it's okay. And they, they specifically have an affinity for the brain and the organs because of the fat and because we breathe them in through the sinuses which this is what I learned from Dr. Dennis. Um, He's got an illustration in his exam room that shows the head and the sinuses. And there's literally like just a one membrane between the sinuses and the pituitary gland. And the Mm -hmm. pituitary is what kind of calls the shots as far as hormones. And, you know, Kylie, you could tell us all the other things the pituitary gland does. For specifically, it's, it's the direct communicator to your thyroid. Yeah. And that's what produces TSH is your pituitary gland. So, so mm-hmm. many people say, well, I have a thyroid problem when is it's a pituitary problem, which now yeah. can be a mold problem <laughs> and yes. we could keep going back and back and back, but don't just blame your thyroid because your pituitary is producing that TSH and that's not your exactly, thyroid. 
Yeah, that's exactly what's going on with me. I have severe pituitary damage, which is causing my thyroid to look wonky, but I think my thyroid is, is okay. I think it's my pituitary. That's the problem. But, uh, so you were saying the pituitary, I mean, if you were to think about the anatomy, the pituitary gland sits like in the middle of our head, literally, it's this little tiny gland. So we've got, as I now know, eight different sinuses Mm -hmm. that are surrounding the pituitary ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just the pituitary. I mean, your sinuses are, are literally right next to your brain and all the other organs inside your brain. But that was the one that just really stuck out to me because I saw that visual and I saw that there was just like a tiny membrane separating the sinuses from the pituitary. So if your sinuses are full of mold and fungus, then and the mycotoxins can penetrate plastic, then, you know, it just goes to show how accessible they are to the brain. So they're water and fat soluble, which means they can really go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you tell me that there's good news. There is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, as humans, we've been existing with mold forever. Mold has been here forever. Now I will say the molds we have today are more toxic, but we're smarter and we can figure out how to, how to live with mold safely without it making us sick. We're going to get to that. I'm sure. So keep going here. This is okay. (laughs) This is a Netflix reality TV series coming up. Oh right my God. Yeah. You are not kidding. Um, <laughs> so basically, you know, I felt like something was making me sick in my home, but I didn't know what to do about it at that time. So what I decided to do was I decided, and this is a great test for anyone who thinks your home might be making you sick for whatever reason. I left my home and went to stay with a friend for a few days. Now, this only works if you go into a place that doesn't have a mold problem and you really don't know. So I got lucky. My friend's house did not have a mold problem. And so after being at her house for just a few hours, my right ear, which had been stopped up for years, became unstopped. And, you know, that was pretty incredible in and of itself. But then I started feeling better and started feeling happier And now I know that it was the inflammation going down in my body just after a few hours of being in a clean environment. So after a few days, I went back home and within the hour, my ear became stopped up again. I started feeling inflamed again and I I got one of the worst migraines I've ever had. So my body was definitely sending me signals that it was revolting against something. So, um, you know, I started learning about how to test my home and I found out about a dust sample test called the ERMI and that stands for Environmental Relative Mold Index, but I had no idea how to read the results. So now I know that this testing method is fantastic, but the scoring is really wonky. So you really need to know how to read this test. But the the guys from the lab kind of walked me through it and it showed that I had a huge mold problem in my basement, specifically right under my bedroom where I was bed bound, spending 24 hours a day, basically. So, um, So I was breathing it in 24 hours a day. And as I continued learning and reading about the remediation process, I read horror stories about how people would pay tens of thousands of dollars to get their home remediated, and then they would only get worse. And so I was just completely terrified with what I read, and I was completely frozen in fear. I mean, I didn't know what to do, so I didn't do anything for nine months. I I, mean, I knew I had a mold problem. I knew I was living in mold, but I didn't know what to do about it. Um, and then finally, I found a company that I felt like would do a good job with the remediation. So I had it remediated. I ended up having this house remediated three times. And I had learned enough at that point to know that I needed to leave the home while the remediation was going on because so many people had written about staying in the home. And, and it's a hassle. I get it. I mean, I didn't want to, and it was a hassle. But if you stay in the home while it's being remediated and the remediator doesn't do it correctly, then you'll get so much worse, you know, because if they don't do the remediation correctly and contain the, the toxic area and seal off the HVAC vents, 
then it will just spread. It will stir up the mold and spread it all over the house and just, just make everything. Yeah, they, they felt threatened, right? So yeah. When they, and when it feels threatened, it's going to release the mycotoxins and make things worse. So are these local companies or is there a national chain? Where, who do you even look to for remediation? I use local companies and um, I've had so many people ask me about this that I've actually created some resources on uh, with questionnaires and checklists on how to screen mold remediators and mold inspectors, um, no matter where you are in the country. And um, just FYI, the mold inspector should not be the mold remediator. And it's, that's actually illegal in a few states because there's such a huge conflict of interest there. Yes. <laughs> but you would be surprised how many mold inspectors actually, they'll say they have a separate company, but it's really them that does the mold remediation. You want to stay away from that because that's like, that's like a college professor telling a class of freshmen they can grade their own final exam. You know? That's, yeah, that's good. How many are going to fail that exam? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so um, where do we find that? That's on my website at vitalandclear.com because I just want to arm people with knowledge of what to do so they're not frozen in fear like I was and they don't make all the classic mistakes that I made because I made a lot of mistakes throughout this journey and I had to learn a lot of things the hard way. Okay. So before. Before the first remediation, I would say that was probably the point that my symptoms were the worst because over this period of time, my symptoms kept getting worse. So by that time, I had developed a lot of fibromyalgia symptoms with a lot of muscle pain, chemical sensitivities, EMF sensitivities, and I was experiencing things like internal vibrations, organ pain, throbbing pain around my eyes buzzing in my head, constant ringing in my ears, and the list goes on. I mean, it literally was almost unbearable. I mean, it was just, it was hell on earth. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And I remember feeling so panicked with my symptoms that I left my home at nine o'clock one night and drove 30 minutes outside of the city to my parents' home, thinking I would find relief outside the city. But unfortunately, I didn't because they had Wi-Fi, they had cordless phones, and it was my EMF sensitivities that were so off the charts. And, you know, it was just a very scary time because I felt like there was no place I could go that was safe. I mean, I even looked into moving out into the desert, living in a tent or a camper, like a lot of people with mold illness do. I mean, I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. Well, you're not in a tent or a camper while I'm talking to you. So you figured it out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it was at that point that I found a brain retraining program called DNRS. And that stands for Dynamic Neural Retraining System, which helps to retrain the brain when it's been damaged and stuck in trauma loops and starts to overreact to the stimuli in your environment as if it were life-threatening. So, you know, so we have... An our brain was called the limbic system, which consists of several organs. And one of its main jobs is to sense your environment and determine if the stimuli that you're coming into contact with is safe or unsafe. And when your limbic system gets injured by toxins, by mold, these sensitivities come from, and they only get worse over time if you become fearful of your environment and start avoiding things you know, then you're reinforcing the notion that your environment is unsafe because you feel like it's unsafe because you're reacting to it. So it just becomes this vicious cycle. So I started doing DNRS and I saw that it was helping my EMF sensitivities and my chemical sensitivities. However, I found this program to be incredibly difficult to do um, because my fatigue was so bad. And it really does take a good amount of energy to do this program. Um, I've attempted it several times and it's just been really difficult for me to do. So I've actually found another brain retraining program that I really like. It's called the Limbic System Rewire. And it's based on the same concepts and principles as DNRS, but it's so much more user-friendly and so much easier to do. So I'm actually currently doing that program and I'm actually loving it and seeing, seeing some good results from it already. What is it called again? 
It's called the Limbic System Rewire. And I think it's at limbicsystemrewire.com. What is that doing? What is that rewiring? Okay, so, you know, my brain, my limbic system has been damaged from decades of mold and lime and heavy metals and all kinds of things. So when that happens, your limbic system starts overreacting to your environment. And so that's where a lot of environmental sensitivities come in, which is causing your symptoms. Okay, so like my toxicity has now been removed from my sinuses, but I still have symptoms. And so I think this is a missing piece in a lot of protocols that are dealing with environmental illness, because this is just something that it can sound kind of woo woo or out there, but you're literally doing things like affirmations, you're doing things like visualizations, um, because you can get into these negative thinking patterns, like well, that, it's that way with anybody, no matter what health instance they're they're doing. Like inside inside my membership, I have a lady who comes in and joins us on our live calls and walks us through the emotional release and the mindset changes and affirmations. And because of, you can do everything physically, but if you don't change mentally, your physical is never going to change. Yeah. And so I it's never woo woo to me, and to put it another way where you've had the damage to the system, the emotional component of our brain, you have to literally rewire how you think, Mm -hmm. how you process everything. Mm -hmm. The mind is so powerful that you've got to use it to your advantage and you have Mm -hmm. to heal the mind too. Just like you're healing the thyroid with Hashimoto's, you have to remove the triggers, remove the sources before you can even go on and heal. So that's exactly what you've done. You've removed the sources, you've removed the mold, and now you have to go back in and heal the brain, the limbic system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the mind and body are intricately connected, you know, and you you can't heal one without the other. And and it's really, really powerful. So if somebody's out there and they've done all the biochemical interventions and taken all the supplements and done everything, then I would say give this a try because it, it is extremely powerful. And yeah, I'm a big believer. So I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that you're addressing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I use it myself. The more I'm around these mindset coaches and these individuals who literally are so conscious about what they say, not only out loud, but also in their head, mm-hmm. it's a big key mm-hmm. player for success in life in every aspect of life. Yes, that is absolutely true. And this limbic system rewire program breaks it down and makes it so simple. And it tells you, you know, do this 10 times a day, do that 10 times a day. Or when this happens, this is what you do. Um, whereas DNRS wasn't that specific. It just, it was very rigid and it was just like, this is what you do. And there you can't stray from the program whatsoever. And I found it just incredibly boring and rote. And this other, this other program, it, it leaves room for you to make it your own and so it's, um, it's easier for me to do, but that's just me. I want to look into it. Okay. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of it for myself. I'm a fan of it for my patients. Cause like I said, you can only do so much physically. If you mm-hmm. are not there on the same page mentally, the physical stuff's not going to work. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, all right. You want to get back to the story? Get going. <laughs> I told you there is a million rabbit holes we could go down. Yes, there are. Um, okay. So I ended up having to find a new place to live. And I stayed with my parents for a month while I was, I was doing that. And during that time, I hired an architect that specialized in mold illness because she and her family had all been debilitated by mold. And so that was kind of her area. And so um, she and I did some consults together and then I would send her photos of, of homes that I was thinking about and she could look at the photos and say, nope, there's a problem there. Nope, there's a problem there. And she could tell me just from the photos, you know, what, what to look for. And so now I know how to do that. And so I've, I learned a ton through that process on how to find a safe home. And so, um, you know, if you were to ask a real estate agent, what's the most important factor in finding a home, they're going to say location, 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 right? Right. And so I say it's ventilation, 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 and drainage. Same thing with our bodies. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. What to look for in a home? Ventilation. And drainage. Yeah. So when I left my moldy home, I, um, I found a new place. Every place that I had considered, I did an ERMI on, and it either tested as high or higher than my current home. So I live in the deep South. It's extremely humid here. So I kind of gave up on finding a home with no mold. I just had to find a home that I could make safe for me. And so um, I found one, but it, it had mold and I had to have it remediated before I moved in. So I, I moved into the new place. I didn't take anything from the old place with me because I didn't want to cross contaminate my new place with my old stuff. So I literally bought an air mattress and just a few items of clothes. Like I didn't even take my clothes. I just, I brought an air mattress and a few items of clothes. And I stayed that way for months until I could figure out what to do with my other stuff. And I ended up getting rid of of a lot of stuff. I ended up putting stuff in storage until I knew more about what to do with it. And it was also during this time that I found Dr. Neil Nathan, who is one of the best mold doctors in the country. And so I flew out to Northern California to see him and um, started working with him. And he was fantastic. I mean, he has over 40 years of experience working with highly sensitive people with environmental illness, very compassionate, very kind, and offered me a lot of hope. So it was really the first time that I felt like a doctor really understood what I was going through. And, you know, I wasn't an anomaly to him. I was like all of his other patients. I couldn't believe it. So we ended up working together for approximately three years. And we did a lot of things together, a lot of protocols. And he's a big fan of DNRS. And um, so he was he would always remind me to do it (laughs) because it was really hard for me to do. And he got me to about 40% better, but I could never get past that 40%. And so, you know, at this point, I've been through five mold remediations. I felt like the place I was living was safe. And then last August, I was listening to the Toxic Mold Summit and heard an interview by Dr. Donald Dennis. And he was talking about how mold colonizes in the sinuses and that he was doing a procedure that he had developed to clean out all eight sinuses, removing all the mold and fungus. And something just clicked within me and I knew that was the missing piece. And I I called his office and scheduled an appointment that same day. But I found out that he will not see anyone if they're still living in a moldy environment. So I had to convince his office manager, Valerie, that I had indeed left my moldy home, that I didn't take any belongings with me and that I was living in a safe place. Yeah, he was very adamant on our call this morning, which will be on the podcast the next on on Thursday after this, right next one. He was very adamant that you cannot get better if you are going back to a moldy environment. Yep. Yep. And I mean, yeah, I mean, he's at a point where he just will not treat anyone if they're not in a safe place or not willing to get in a safe place. Right. So she reluctantly scheduled me for an appointment. so I was able to get in like, like within a month. And so he ordered a CT scan, which I did. And that he could see the fungus ball in my left sinus from the CT scan. And he, yeah, and he was telling me some secrets that I can't share over air, but oh, about wow. those CT scans. Wow. We'll have to it's talk later. So then. cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the other thing he wanted to make sure was that I was making human growth hormone because he'd actually published a paper on this because with the level of fatigue that I was experiencing, he said there was an 80% chance that my body was not making human growth hormone and he wouldn't do surgery on me or he would have to order injections for me to do human growth hormone injections before he would do surgery on me. Um, So so why... Why HGH? For healing afterwards. He said I I wouldn't heal properly if I wasn't making HGH. So he sent me to an endocrinologist and they did a stem test to stimulate it. And over the course of six hours and turns out I was. So that was good news. I was always happy to get good news. So I was making human growth hormone. 
So you're um, qualifying underneath all of his qualifications. Yes, yes. Good. But he also wanted to make sure my thyroid was working well enough. And so that's what took us a while. We had to work on my thyroid to get it so that it was producing. I, he wanted my free T3 to be like 3.2. And I was at like 2.6. So we had to work to get that up, which um, leads me up to this past March where I did have the surgery. And um, once he got in there, he not only removed a huge fungus ball, but he also removed eight polyps um, and fixed a deviated septum. In his words, it was a mess in there. <laughs> so, um, so the procedure took about two hours. And if you ask him, he'll say it's like getting your wisdom teeth cut out. I've had that done too. And this sinus surgery is way more involved in that. So <laughs> in my mind, well, it doesn't there's really. There's eight sinuses and they're surrounding a really important organ. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention your nose is what you breathe through. And it's kind of important to breathe. Yeah. I mean, it's a good two week recovery where you cannot look down, where you basically can't do anything. You can't look down. You can't sleep lying down. You have to sleep sitting up. You have to, you know, there's like this whole protocol for healing and, and wound healing and stuff like that. And I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's very invasive and it's, it's kind of a big deal. And it was, it was a little more involved than I had anticipated. Um, but it's amazing. When I came out of anesthesia, the first thing I noticed was the ringing in my ears was completely gone, like completely gone. And it's been there for 10 years. I could tell that my head and my face just felt so much lighter. My eyesight was clearer and the constant headaches were gone. Like I was having headaches every single day. And sometimes they were migraines, sometimes they were just regular headaches, but headaches every day is really no fun. So the headaches were gone, which was really nice. I will say that the ringing in my ears did come back, but he said, because it was gone right after surgery, he felt like there was a good chance that eventually we could get that to go away. So. No, you've been working with him post-op and he even said on his which you guys will get the next podcast episode, but people typically have a, a three to six time follow-up with him. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to see you um, every week for three weeks. And then he determines, you know, how far out, like, like I have a client who had the surgery done and she, um, she had a lot of allergies that I didn't have. And so she's got to go to him a lot more frequently than I do. But this is another point too. Um, after she had her surgery done, her polyps started growing back just a few weeks after surgery. Oh, man. So that, so that, but that showed him that she was, that she was living in mold, that she yeah. still had mold in her home. So she had to go through this huge mold remediation so that the, her polyps wouldn't grow back. But I was amazed at how fast they'll start growing. Um, so would you say having gone through remediation multiple times inside your home and moved multiple times, what would you say is easier? Moved versus going through remediation? Yeah. Well, you know, it just depends on what you have to do. Um, I just recently, this is again, part of the story, but um, I stayed with my parents for two weeks while I was while I was recovering. And so when I went back to my current home, I had a very bad reaction and horrible migraine. And I had had bad reactions to my house before, but I think I was in denial because I had spent so much on remediation. I was thinking, you know, it, it can't be mold. It's got to be EMFs or something else. But I did have someone come in, someone that Dr. Dennis recommends to come in and do an evaluation. And he found problems in my attic and in my ductwork. And so his recommendation was to have all of the ductwork replaced and the entire attic remediated. And so that was going to be many, many thousands of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I opted to move. <laughs> so in that scenario, um, I decided to move. Now, if it were something simple, then I would probably stay. But I was reacting to my home. Um, 
and it was inside, it was, it was right inside the city. There were a lot, I was being hit with everybody's Wi-Fi. So I did feel like it would be better for me to be outside the city. I did find a place about 30 minutes outside of the city that, um, that's a safe place. So, yeah, I mean, it just depends on what, what the remediation is going to involve. Sometimes it's simple. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to share with the next podcast episode here, what Dr. Dennis had to say, and I've been trying to give little sneak peeks, but yet keep my mouth shut because this was such a great intro on your story. I know so many people listening can relate and ladies, I know some of you are now tossing and turning and thinking, you know, it's a mold issue. If they think this, Kimberly, where would you suggest they begin? If you think mold could be an issue, um, I, I think it's a good idea just to leave your home for a few days. I mean, a week is ideal and then go back into it. If you feel better when you leave that environment now, of course, you want to be you want to go to a mold free place, um, you know, go camping or go somewhere where you feel like it's there isn't a mold problem. Dr. Um, Dennis says the beach, the desert or high in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Go on vacation. Yeah. See if you feel better on vacation. And if you come back in, then there's a a good chance that you do have mold. Um, I've actually written um, an ebook on just kind of an overview of mold and what it is and, and how it affects us, the different types of mold, like how to find mold in your body, how to find mold in your home, how to get it out of your home and body. And it's just it's just a broad overview. So I don't go in depth, but I just wanted to give people a good idea to try to dismantle some of the fear around this topic, because I don't want people to be frozen in fear like I was for nine months and not do anything. So, you know, that's a place that they can start. Where do they get that? It's something that I sell on my website, but I've actually decided to offer it to your audience for free. So they can go to my website at Vital and Clear. Which nice. is Isn't Victor, I T A L A N D C L E A R dot com, and um, just click under the demystifying mold ebook. And when you go to check out, just put in the code Dr. Kylie D R K Y L I E, and you'll get it for free. And I'm not putting a time limit on it, so no matter when you're listening to this podcast, it should work. So. I love that. And I'll put that in the show notes too. So you guys have it. Um, Vitalandclear.com. Click on the demystifying mold and then use code Dr. Kylie at checkout. I feel special. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Kimberly, we might have to jump on and do another episode specifically about testing the environment. I know I'm curious. We're looking at moving in the next few years and I'm definitely going to be, whether we build or whether we, buy old and updated or whatever this is going to be be a big portion because i think and i have talked about this many times on the podcast but food is a great place to start everybody pounds upon our food Mm -hmm. but there's so much more to our health than our food Mm. and part of our wellness measures if you want to call it should be not only wellness inside our body environment but wellness inside our physical environment, where we live, where we eat, where we play. You know, I can't control what the school environment is with my kids, but I can control where they live mm-hmm. and where they're sleeping at night. And to me, that's a big deal. So, geez, the more I learn about this environmental factors, the more I'm like, I'm going to figure this out myself to make sure we're preventing other things down the road. Mm-hmm. And then I've already got multiple patients where I'm, to start sending them like look into this look into that go away from your home I know one one lady with COVID she was in her house under lockdown because of the fear of COVID and her health probably over nine months mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we had made such great effort up mm-hmm. to that point and then it was like we got to that point the mind head games started messing with her media started messing with their family members started messing with her and it just blew up and everything yeah. we had done previously just went in the toilet oh. and, and it was so hard to watch but I know if she would be willing 
to move and to get into a clean environment would be a huge, huge benefit for her health. But yeah, it's not up to me. So yeah, you really do have to get to that mindset, that place in your mind where you really are willing to do whatever it takes to get your health back. Yeah. And for her, so many people have just said, well, you're going to be on disability at some point. So like, really, that's what you're feeding her. Oh, that's, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah. That's why I say, if you're getting that mental capacity, if you're getting that mental, those mental barriers put inside your head, whatever you do physically is not going to work. Yep. That's exactly right. Everybody have motivation like Kimberly and let's start changing lives. Yeah. Be sure you check Kimberly out at her website, vitalandclear.com, all about mold and helping your body become mold free, also your environment, and see how it can impact your health. Your purpose is just like mine it's big and it's important, and there's no one else anywhere on the planet who can fulfill it. So quit messing around and go get them. Chip Gains. Take massive leaps towards your purpose and come join the 21-day Permission to Heal boot camp that's right for you. We begin September 6th. Say yes to yourself and let's celebrate your success next. Pick the boot camp that's right for you here. DrKylieBurton.com Practitioners, we are needed. Let's form an army and step into our purpose, all while leveling up together. Come join me in the Beyond the Diagnosis Mastermind. Doors close September 6th and the opportunity won't be around again for six months. I'll see you on the inside. btdmastermind.com